Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Brandon and with me as always is Stephen, looking into the idea of pursuing your passion. In this episode, our aim is to ask whether your passion should be synonymous with your career and if there are any downsides that come along with that pursuit. After a bit, we'll give a glimpse into future episodes as well as discuss videos coming your way via YouTube. To wrap everything up, we'll ask if happiness is obtainable when in a career outside your passion and if our society should trend in a direction of pursuing your passion as a career. So, Stephen, uh, should our passion be our priority to pursue as a career? What do you think? It should be your aim. It should be like the first thing that you think of because as, as that old expression goes, uh, find something you love and then find a way to make money uh, out of doing that, basically. You, you know, I'm never, I'm never good at saying exactly what the quotes are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always... Great start. <laughs> I'm always, always the king of like taking an expression and then getting it wrong. <laughs> like close to, close to it, but off a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's in a perfect world, if there's something that you're really, really good at, uh, you're probably going to like it too because we tend to like the things that we're good at. So if you're able to then find a way to monetize that, I think that's the that's the best way to decide what career you want to do. And that doesn't mean that you have to become – I think a lot of times we get stuck in our head like, oh, I'm going to become a musician or I'm going to become um, – there seems to be like these sort of more glamorous paths. But if you're really good at sales, like start a business or become a, the top salesperson, something like that. That's uh, yeah. That's where my head goes. Yeah, I, I definitely think like because work, you know, we're that's like so much of our life, at least in America, you know, you spend so much time in your job that if you can find something where you can um, mold it with a, a passion of yours, uh, then, you know, you're going to I feel like it's it, you're more likely to have a happy life because you're doing something that you care about and you're also getting paid for it. Uh, I think you made a really good point, though, with just because we're talking about pursuing your passion, that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's one of these, you know, the, I guess, romanticized passions mm-hmm. yeah. of, like, pursuing music or being an actor. Like, absolutely. Like, I'm passionate about psychology, so I can be a therapist. You know, that's, that's a, you know, I originally pursued music, but, you know, with different things I learned about what that, what that industry looks like and, uh, in that pursuit, I, I realized it wasn't exactly what I wanted. If I was going to have to pursue it in that way, um, I decided to to change my vision of of what I wanted to do as a career. So I had another passion, which was you know uh, helping people navigate through their mental health issues or uh, just their life in general. And there's there's a market for that in therapy and in, in mental health. And so I was able to to uh, find a you know, common middle ground. And I think that's a big thing too. Like as a priority, yes, your priority, I feel like should be to try to find your passion. But if like your passion is underwater basket weaving, maybe you should. (laughs) Yeah. It's real popular one these days. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, cause I feel like I'd, I'd make an argument that a lot of people have multiple passions. Wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking that a good example of us being passionate about this podcast, like, should we become radio hosts because we're really passionate about this podcast? And it's like, yeah, we like the idea of being able to, to talk about this kind of thing, but sometimes the the business aspect of something that you're passionate about is not in alignment. So, for example, we're not radio 
host or whatever because one, it's not a very lucrative career path to get into right now, and two, we don't want to have to be told what to do with our with what we're doing here. And it's kind of similar yeah. to you with music. It's like you know you could have signed with Rebecca Black's music label, but if they were going to make you have to play all the songs that they wanted or or right. or really compromise your art, it's it's not even really what you're passionate about anymore. So I think that there does have to be some common sense that goes into, okay, yeah, this is similar to what I want to do, but the business kind of takes away from it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a big thing too. So like with, with music now, and I've thought about this lately because I'm not done per like, I'm not done with that passion. I'm still going to write songs and you know, I, we've talked about that album that I'm going to release. I'm sharing it with the world. So that's not to say that maybe I could end up getting a following that helps support me financially in some capacity because my music is popular without needing to pursue it as a career. Um, but I guess the the balance is finding, you know, where where does the the business side take your passion and and does it mold your passion into a way that it's no longer your passion anymore? It, the prime example is exactly what you said. Like if we had people telling us what we needed to talk about on our podcast, that that might get away from the entire point of why we started this. Be terrible, honestly. Yeah. So and and you get a lot of that within different things because you know within you know voice like podcasts and radio, there has been some sort of formula that has been successful. And so when it gets put into a business perspective, people have this formulaic structured idea of what's going to make money and what's going to be marketable. And so they want to mold your art or your passion into that marketable scheme. And it's the same thing with music. You know, I've talked many times about uh, when I went to, to ASCAP for the, um, we, we sat in a room with a bunch of songwriters and every single one of us played our song. And, and the guy told me that my lyrics were too intellectual for a mainstream audience. And it was like, what, what do you mean? They're too intellectual, you know, whatever his, he, he was coming from a place of, you know, how is this going to sell records? He also told me that I need to have the hook of the song be the title of the song so that it's easy for people to search it on Google, which I guess from a business perspective is a smart thing. Yeah, but then is it taking a, Yeah, but is it taking away from, you know, for me, my thing was like, I don't want to limit my, like even the, the artistic ability to title my songs by what's most Googleable. You know, so it wasn't, I wasn't into the, the business aspect of that. And that was probably why I wasn't successful. Um, so it's, it's definitely finding that common middle ground between the two. But again, the priority I feel like should be trying to do it because you, you spend so much time in your job throughout life. You know, who definitely didn't get the, that music advice fallout boy. Those guys, their song titles, have you ever seen some of them before? Definitely <laughs> oh, no way that that's the hook of the song. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, their first big song was, that was like, Sugar, We're Going Down, wasn't it? Yeah, they actually yeah, they actually do say that, which is funny because, like, what a weird thing to say in a song. Then well, again, Pete Wentz, he's got some weird-ass lyrics. <laughs> I don't get well, that I guy. think... I think once you become successful, you can get away with a lot more stuff. But I think the idea is before you are successful, you got to kind of abide by oh, yeah. 
the what the market desires. And then once you prove yourself, like a lot of people would argue Justin Timberlake's newest album is one of his worst, but you know, he can he can produce different kinds of songs than he's ever done and people just love him automatically so there a lot of people are going to say it's good no matter what so it, it's just like once you've kind of proven yourself you don't you can take those artistic liberties to to a certain extent I yeah guess. and unfortunately like that's that's what happens a lot of times in life I don't, I don't know if unfortunately is the right word but it's you got to prove yourself first i mean with bands there's probably a lot of bands that want to do all kinds of things but if the market isn't looking for that they just don't have the option to really incorporate that style in if they're going to try to make it to the top and that's well, unfortunate. And, yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing that's, that's tough is because if, you know, let, let's say even your passion is what like within the music, I know we're kind of fixating on the music industry, but I think, that, I think it's a good place of, to start though. I think, I think the music industry is a great example of this and you've got experience in it. So, yeah. And, and so like maybe, Maybe all the things that I was doing actually was really marketable and I got signed to a record label. The other thing too is now I'm signed, I have a contract with them. So even if uh, immediately the things that I wanted to do were what got me successful, now I have a contract with them. So before I even get the opportunity to think about what my next idea is or my next piece is going to be, my next album, my next, you know, whatever, they're my mindset already has to be, okay, well, what are my fans going to like? You know, what, what is my market going to, what my, what's my demographic? What's my market uh, going to enjoy all that kind of stuff. So it's, it can get kind of tough, but um, yeah. I, the other thing too is I, you also hear like, you know, cause you made a good argument to me about with the social media stuff. I had a really hard time with starting social media back up, but you know, you made an argument to me, you know, for the sake of this podcast that I'm not going to get everything exactly the way that I want it. You know, like I'm going to have to compromise on some, some things. And I think that's a good point too. When you're thinking about pursuing your passion as a career, you know, if, if you're truly passionate about it and they're at the core, you're still doing the thing that you want to do. Um, you gotta be, I think the point of it being your passion is you're willing to deal with the bullshit stuff that kind of comes along with it because you love what's at the core of it more than anything. Yeah. No, no journey you go on in life is going to be perfect. So you're going to have to look at what sacrifices are you willing to make to, to get there. For example, I'll, I'll give an example in my own personal life. Uh, I like acting a lot, and I've had a thought in my head, maybe I should just move out to Los Angeles and pursue acting. So I had that thought, and then I started thinking about what I'd have to do to actually make that happen. And in that industry, I'd have to be pretty much (laughs) flexible to be a part of anything um, at will or at at, at a moment's notice which is kind of tough to have a, like a, a full-time like nine-to-five job, not knowing when they're going to pull you into something. So that could be kind of tough. There's now someone kind of controls you and has to tell you if you're good enough to have the role. You may not hear from anyone for years, so you're just not going to get paid for a long time. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, sacrifice that goes into having to pursue that specific passion. And yeah. you got to think about is that worth it in the end? Like the payoff could be great and you know, 
maybe for some people it makes a lot of sense for them to do that. But for me, I wanted the opportunity to have a somewhat nine to five job or something like that because I just, I function better and I like how we can do this podcast. Like I, I, I like doing this kind of stuff more than I would having to go to acting auditions all the time. Well, it's interesting that you bring up that career path specifically because there is a story that came out, I think this week about, uh, I think is Marlon Wayans. He was, he's on the, um, uh, the show that's on TV with Sean William Scott now. Um, it's like a spinoff of a movie uh, that was with Mel Gibson. Gosh, what is that movie called? Don't think I'm going to be um, any help here. Uh, I'm going to look it up really quick. Um, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. he um, he has just resigned from it. And the reason he resigned from it was because, number one, he's a diabetic. So these long-ass shoots for the show are like really hard on him physically but number two like i think he said his mother was in the hospital recently and he he said how can i play this character who's like all about family and and loving and stuff but in real life i'm saying hey mom i can't come be there with you in the hospital because i have work that i can't skip out on i I can't leave my shoot and so that's a tough thing. He's very passionate about acting and stuff like that. But, you know, now he, he's gotten to a point where it doesn't coincide with what he's passionate with in like his everyday life, like his family and, and standing up with that stuff. I'm going to look it up right now. (laughs) No, it's a, it's a good point because you, at least me, like I want to be genuine to who I am. And I know we've, we've talked about sort of the authenticity um, in the past where if I'm going to be successful at something, I want it to be at something that feels right. Like we've, we've talked about before. I could probably make YouTube videos where I just do reactions to things and that might actually be more successful than anything else I've ever done before. But I don't like doing reactions that much as of right now. I've, I've like right. attempted to do it. It's like, it's okay. Uh, I could probably swear a lot more. I could pick super controversial topics and try to act like I'm really passionate about things that I'm not passionate about. And I might get further with that, but I also don't want to put too much sacrifice into what matters to me as a person. And when it comes to should our passion be our priority to pursue as a career, like the, the, the passion disappears sometimes when to make it a career, you have to make too many sacrifices. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into the next one. But before I move on to that next point that we wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. it's actually Damon Wayne's Marlon Wayne's and Damon Wayne's are brothers. And it's Damon Wayne's who I was talking about. And he's on the show lethal weapon. So that's the show I couldn't remember. Um, but the next point I was going to talk, we were going to talk about was, are there downsides to pursuing your passion as a career? And I think that's what you just kind of talked about is the truth is a true thing. It, it Eventually, if you're pursuing this as as a career where there are other things that really have nothing to do with your career that now or nothing to do with your passion that now impact your ability to do it within a monetary sense, it can take away from, you know, what you started doing it for in the first place. Yeah. One example I always use because my dad and I get in these types of conversations sometimes where we talk about a passion and career and 
uh, we talked about someone who starts a band. Well, let's say um, this is a pretty specific example, but I think that this will paint a good picture. So there's a lot of people out there who want to become like famous rock stars or um, they want to become a famous rap group. That's um, a, a lot of these dreams that have been instilled in people because they see all the money and all the success and like how great th this could be. However, where it could end up being a bad thing is if you put all your eggs in one basket to pursue your passion. So let's say you're one of these bands and you're making just enough money to survive for like 10 years. And then the band, so let's say you started the band at like 20 and then you guys, you keep working on it for 10 years. You never really make it. You do just enough to get by. Well, now you're 30 years old and you've never really had a job before. And the band dissolves and let's say you can't get into another band and now you're just like, oh, all right, well, what am I going to do? I, I didn't really go to, um, I didn't go to school. I didn't really learn anything else. All I've really done is this band. And some people like, it's no problem. They can just get into the music industry, become producers. There's a lot of things that they can do. But I do think that there's some people out there where their dream getting or their failure to live up to their dream kind of just makes it to the point where they're like, oh, now what? I'm like, I guess I'm a yeah. failure. And then they never really pick themselves up and they come, they become very dissatisfied and unhappy with their lives. And that happens. Well, it, yeah, well, it does. And that's why you hear when someone, like when I decided I was going to drop out of school, I had a lot of pushback by my close friends because they're like, well, yeah, but what happens if you don't make it? You know, you know, what are you going to do after that? Why don't you get your education first and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. And I think that that has to be something you think about before you take that risk. But it also has to be an awareness that that is a risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're if you're willing to take that risk, the reason would be because the the, the possible reward outweighs any of the risk that you are possibly walking into. I had a situation similarly where. You know, I was, um, you know, 25 and uh, or 24 and still pursuing music. Um, but I had all the student loan debt. And then, you know, I I was in a relationship and I was like, you know what? Like, I've always kind of wanted a, a family. And number one, like pursuing music as a career might not even be the most uh like appealing career for me just because of this like desire to have a family. And so that kind of came into play, but then it also was like, shit, I'm already 24 now. And there's there, you know, we talked in the, the education episode, higher education in America, there's this depiction of you have to go to college right out of high school. So you should be done at like 22, 23. So now I'm 24 and I still got two years left before I get my degree. And I'm like, uh, shit, if I'm going to do this and want a family, I better make this decision quick because otherwise I want to be 30 without a degree and not have anything. So I that was when I made the decision of like, I'm not doing the things that I need to do to make this passion a career. So I need to do something that's more practical for myself. But I, I wouldn't... You... For people that are trying to, to decide if they want to pursue a career that is less practical, like something um, along the lines of a musician or an actor, you just have to be aware that that is a risk. But if you're willing 
to deal with what those negative impacts of that risk are, I'd say go for it a hundred percent because that's part of like pursuing a dream. It's, it can be a scary thing, but you know, again, the, the rewards in, in, uh, the idea of pursuing your passion would outweigh any risks that you could possibly take. Yeah. And that's, that's one point I want to make too, is I, I am by no means saying that in this example of the musician who had 30 years old, the, the band fails and they're just like, Oh man, I'm not, I'm by no means saying that what they did was the wrong thing. It, it, it doesn't mean that there was no good experience for those 10 years. Like, no, it's, it's, it would be incredible to, to work together with a group uh, like, uh, or as a band for 10 years and to put on shows and travel. Like there's so much value in that. And one of my arguments against my dad was you can't say that they didn't learn any valuable skill set in those 10 years. Like there's, there's marketable things that someone in a, in a band learns. So it's just about the, the awareness of there's always a chance that it could fail, but it should definitely not be something that you're always thinking about because all the people who have been successful recognize that there was a chance that they could fail, but they still push through it. So you shouldn't say, Oh, I'm you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go after this. What you don't want to do is just let that feel like a failure. Like it shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel like a failure, even though it, it seems like it at that time, like you feel like a huge failure. I'm, I'm big on the idea of constantly being innovative and constantly reinventing yourself. So maybe you find out after a while, this band isn't going to be what's going to make it for me. However, through working on this band, I've realized I'm actually like pretty good at producing music and I'm very passionate about that. Maybe I can help out another band become big, or maybe I, I, um, I can use these skills to, uh, work at concert venues or do interviews or do a podcast. Like there's so many other things that you can learn. And I think that we get too narrowed down in our heads of exactly what we're going to be. For example, with me, I've always been focused on, um, I was always focused on TV. Like in school, I didn't. I, I was a radio DJ too, um, but I always wanted to be on TV after school, and that's why I became a news reporter. And I was always focused on this TV thing, and always against radio. And then all this time later, now I'm doing a podcast, which is mostly just voice. And had I been so stubborn in my ways, I would have never thought to one have a YouTube channel instead of having to be on the news, and two doing a podcast because I actually found out that I enjoy this, and the fact that I was able to realize that I can't just have a one track mind and I got to be open to things and constantly reinvent myself. That's what people I think need to be more focused on when it comes to pursuing your passions, because your passion isn't always black and white. It could, it could change once you try more and more things. The other thing too is, you know, there are situations like, well, number one, you know, for your example of the 30 year old band who hasn't really made it, you know, maybe they're making some money and the life of a starving artist is actually like what they're used to and what they enjoy. So they can continue doing their passion without being considered like super successful and in their peers eyes, but they are happy with that lifestyle. So they're going to keep doing it because they enjoy that. The other thing too is Life is so freaking random sometimes. Like John Hamm, I've talked about the, oh, yeah. the lead actor of Mad Men. You know, he was like, I think, in his 40s before he got discovered as an actor. Um, and Sam Smith was a bartender, uh, you know, in, I think, London. And, I, I mean, I I shouldn't act like I actually know that because I haven't done the actual <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> research nah, on it's that. It's all good. All good. But, he, but he was a bartender and got discovered that way. And now he's this huge star. So, like... 
people get lucky. You never know when th- something's going to happen. And I guess to, to focus on the idea of the downside, I think the downside could be if, if when you're pursuing your passion as a career, if your goals become more performance-based and external rather than internal and like, So for instance, with music with me, you know, I started out with music really wanting to create something that I cared about and, uh, you know, could be impactful within myself, but also if it happened to be impactful for other people, that'd be an incredible byproduct. But then when I got into the actual decision to pursue it as a career, it became about quantified things. You know, am I selling records? Am I you know, do I have a brand that people are willing to uh, come into? Am I popular? Am I good enough for this person? Am I good enough for that? It was all external. And then it, it was hard for me to navigate my passion anymore because now I was so care—I was so caught up in caring about what everyone else thought about my what I was producing and my passion. And so that took away a lot of the love for me because now it wasn't really about what I started out as doing. It was now about what do other people think about what I'm yeah. doing here? You got to do like a constant check-in and, and whenever you're doing that kind of stuff and realize, is this still what I got into it for? Like, is this what I'm actually right. passionate about? Or am I now just making all these sacrifices to try to make other people happy and to try to make money? Is this actually even enjoyable anymore? Yeah. And, and that was nobody else's fault, but my own, you know, I, I was just, I really wanted to do this as a career. And so I got caught up in, in thinking, how can I do this as a career successfully? And so then all of this stuff, you know, I probably would have been better. I probably would have had a better chance of being successful if I hadn't even thought about a lot of that stuff, which is the, the ironic part. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a weird balance. So I think basically if, if you're going to pursue a career through your passion that might be considered less quote unquote practical, like less marketable, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, well, not even because music is super marketable, but like it just, it's, uh, there's a lot of risk behind it. Like you might not make it. I think you just have to be super aware of all of those risks, all of the, um, the negatives about it so that you are able to kind of navigate them when they come along. Um, I'm not saying that to deter you away from doing that. If you really want to pursue that stuff, I'm all for going for it full fledged, but you just have to be aware of what's going to surround that pursuit altogether. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so we can split up the conversation now and you want to kind of tease a couple of the things that are coming up pretty soon yeah 100 percent um i've been noticing i've been i've been saying 100 percent and 100p a lot lately so <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I i already say that all the time but now i'm just like i'm really beating it to death yeah Jesus. i tend to do that though that's just one of my things i just beat everything <laughs> to death when, any expression um so today um i'm actually doing an interview that you'll see on tomorrow's episode which will be my interview with Matt from Friends with Music podcast. And um, a little bit later on in this month, we're doing a collaboration with the Simply King podcast, which is going to be pretty different, Brandon. Like, I don't really know what this is going to, to be like, but we're, we're doing uh, like a three-person perspective on a topic. 
And the episode yeah. is going to be part on, or it's going to be on his show and on our show. And I'm like really looking forward to this. I think like he seems like a really cool guy, and it's just an interesting topic that I don't I don't want to give away too much about it right now. Yeah. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a first episode like this for sure. Things like this are what make me really appreciate this podcast too, because you know, again, without giving away the 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 actual what the podcast is going to be about, like number one, it's it's a collaboration with another like content creator, which is really cool in itself. But then it's also like the substance behind the content that we're going to do, I feel like is super meaningful. And it also, it totally lines up with our desire to like have discussions and navigate through difficult topics without necessarily thinking you're going to get the answers, but just, you know, trying. And, uh, so I'm, I'm really pumped about that episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear it too. Cause I think it's going to be really, really cool. And it's going to be different from anything we've done before. So yeah, it's cool. He just reached out to us and he was like, Hey, I like the, what you guys talk about. I think we could work on something together. And we're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, of course. Like he talked about Bill Cosby. We talked about Bill Cosby. You know, it wasn't one of our funniest episodes, but <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it was a good conversation. Um, right. but another thing we've got going on is I'm a big fan of Halloween. It's my second favorite of the holidays behind Christmas. So maybe we'll do something special for Christmas too, but we're doing a Halloween episode where we actually will have a special guest on that one. And we're going to build a conversation around, do you believe in ghosts? So that's going to be, uh, something to look forward to that will come out right around Halloween, probably on Halloween actually. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, this week, um, well, actually, I want to say first, I had a music video that came out last week. Um, I actually had it posted once previously a couple years back, um, but I reposted it and kind of rebranded it as a promo video for my album with uh, the song titled Manifest off of off of my upcoming album. It was uh, directed and created by Ernie Overton, who uh, has a YouTube page called Great for Kids, and it's GR, the number eight uh, uh, for kids. And so it, you guys should go check that out. But it was uh, a really cool thing to to be a part of. If you haven't checked it out, let's go to you know my YouTube page and see that. But I'm also posting um, a music video this coming week that <laughs> Stephen and I have. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm so <laughs> stoked on this. So I... Um, <laughs> I had this idea for music videos on YouTube being animated and I, so I posted, there's this website called Thumbtack where you can like post a desire for a certain project and then different artists reach out to you. And I got two animators who reached out to me. One of them is actually doing a music video for uh, one of my songs off of my album that'll come out in November. But then another one reached out to me for these kind of less serious, um, like YouTube covers because I didn't originally, I didn't want to just do covers where it's like me at the piano and there's a camera on me doing the music, just like every other YouTube musician. I'll probably end up doing that eventually. anyways. But <laughs> maybe after this, <laughs> maybe after this, but I had uh, another guy reach out to me and uh, he put a music video an animated music video to um, a cover song I did called liberator um, by the artist Noah Gunderson and it wasn't exactly what I expected, but it's How pretty could it funny. Have been what so. you expected? If this is what you expected, you got a weird head. 
Well, no, it's uh, the guy that I worked that we worked. He was a great guy. He was super nice and like really easy to work with. Um, I think our visions were a little misaligned, <laughs> if I can say that. But ultimately, I think it is still an entertaining video, and that will be up. That will be up this week as well. <laughs> Steven was a big fan of that video. Oh my I gosh, I absolutely love it. You, <laughs> you guys got to check it out. And I'm not just saying that because you know Brandon is my co-host here. I'm saying it because it's actually incredible. It's right up there with like the Thriller music video. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much on a similar playing field. Just different. You gotta have an open mind when you watch it. There's, so, yeah, it's one of those videos. Very... You gotta watch it time and time again. You'll notice something different every time. <laughs> have a very open mind. You need a very, about... very open mind. <laughs> what about you, Stephen? You got anything coming oh, out this yeah. week? So, uh, a lot of you probably know by now that uh, from the Cleveland area, uh, I. I moved away when I was uh, 19, but I'm a big Cleveland sports fan, and I I just love the area in general. And um, <laughs> and all the, every time I move somewhere or I tell people where I'm from, I always get the pushback of, oh, Cleveland, that place sucks. Or like, I don't know, just anything generic. Or how's it, how's it feel to have LeBron leave? Um, and I just got tired of always hearing that all the time, so I decided to make a video where I – give 10 reasons as to why Cleveland is actually pretty cool and not a bad place at all. And that will be coming out this week. And yeah, I mean, but maybe even by the time that this is out, it might be out already. I'm not sure, but it'll come out sometime uh, this week here. And um, it was a lot of fun to make because there was a lot of fire behind my eyes when I was putting that together. <laughs> I haven't even seen it yet, so I'll probably see that when it comes out. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to it, though. All right. Well, let's uh, jump back into the pursuing your passion topic. Um, unless there's anything else you wanted to mention, you good? Uh, uh, I think I'm good. I can't even. I can't think of a, even like a joke or anything. Which is, you know, I, I <laughs> well, feel you like, keep thinking of some jokes because that's that's what people count on you for is the sweet jokes. I know. As as my mom said that what I what did she say that you're the serious one and I'm the funny one or something on the podcast. <laughs> Like, Mom, I don't think you get what this podcast is about. <laughs> that's definitely not that's not how this is supposed to be at all. <laughs> like, we're we're like the good cop, bad cop of the, the podcast, but yeah. the serious cop and the funny cop. Yeah, but like I'm not supposed to be the comic relief. <laughs> like I might come across sometimes as the comic relief, but that was never the intention. When we decided to write up the Everything Must Go podcast, like when we were pitching this idea to our investors. Never once did I say anything about that me being the comic relief, which is probably why we didn't get any funding. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, I thought you were going to pretend that we got funding. Uh, mm. Yeah, if you actually want to give us funding, you can. <laughs> um, I've got Venmo. Yeah, you can, do, or you could just send us an, an email and we'll send you back all of our bank account information. And hopefully you don't do yeah. anything bad with it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just make direct deposits if you could. Yeah, we still got to get that company card. That's where we're, uh, <laughs> we are though. Should we, should we mention that we're working on getting merch? <laughs> very, very yeah, basic we, merch. Not, not, I feel nothing like that people can buy. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We're, I suppose we can. It's cause we're, we're for sure doing it. Oh yeah. So we want to do koozies, uh, with the everything must go podcast logo on it. Uh, especially for we, when Steven has guests come over, if I once I finally get some Minneapolis-based guests, step up Minneapolis show, or Rochester, <laughs> step up. 
Yeah, there's not going to be anything in Rochester. But, um, but yeah, when I get some guests on the show, I'll be able to give them koozies as kind of a, a keepsake. You know, Asmatic gave Steven a a tape, and uh, Winebox Poppy gave us T-shirts that we'll never be able to wear out in public. Gosh. <laughs> the, actually, I have wore it out in public. I went to the gym and I wore it. I don't even care. <laughs> You're so bad at it. You're incredible. Dude, I'm incredible. Really pumped me up. That's about it. I mean, we we haven't even made the order yet, yeah. so maybe this we is, spoke too soon. Yeah, we definitely spoke too soon. And not to mention, we're not even <laughs> selling it. But if you are on the show, we can give you uh, some koozies in the future once we figure out how to uh, not buy through shady companies. Well, and, I mean, if they want to buy it, you guys can buy it, too. That's fine with yeah, me. Yeah, that's fine. If you want to give us, like, $100 per koozie, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to say you don't know how to, like, handle your finances. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. <laughs> All right, is it possible to pursue a career outside of your passion and still be happy? And then how does your passion fit into your life when you do that? I like this question a lot because I battle this. Uh, <laughs> because in life you can either just take a job that's just a job and then when you're done with it every day you can just be detached from it and just go on and do whatever you want to do. And then there's some people who their job is their career and is their life. And then there's kind of like an in-between. There's, there's a lot of different ways, that I guess. There, it, there's, there's an entire spectrum of like where you could be on this, but there's people who are really into their career and people who just, just have a job. So is it possible to pursue a career outside of your passion? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> people do it all the time, I think. No. Hold on. That's not the whole question. Is it it's is it possible happy, yeah, to yeah. pursue a career outside of your passion and still be happy? That's yeah. the question. People do it all the time. I think. Um, and they're happy? Yeah. I th- I think you cuz even though you spend a lot of time at work, I think you could still be happy. I I'll, I'll give you an example. If you were making millions of dollars but you didn't really like your job that much, you'd also like when you got done with work every day, you could do whatever you wanted, potentially, and just live off all that money. And it may not be... I think it's tough to be really successful if you don't have passion for what you're doing. So I don't think this happens very often. I think it is possible. And then in this situation, you'd have a lot of money to do the, the other things that you want to do in your life. So if it was important for you to do a podcast, you'd have a lot of money to make a really awesome setup. Uh, where I fall on this is I'm happy with my my career that's unrelated to podcasts or YouTube or anything like that. I like what I do. I don't love it, um, but it's but I love the opportunities that it gives me to do stuff like this and to not be stressed out about money. And I think everyone's everyone's a little bit different. I think there's there's plenty of people who are just like, oh, you know, I I could never work for corporate America. It's Blah blah blah, and you know I might get to that point too. I would I would not be surprised. But what what about you? Where where do you stand? You think I'm you think I'm out of my mind on this topic? <laughs> no, I actually wanted to ask you one other question. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna pull a Steve in here and and not answer your question. And ask you one. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, I'm wondering. So would you make the argument that money can buy happiness? Then. Oh well, this is actually a podcast episode. I think we should do in the future because I think there's a lot we can talk about with it. Uh, so, um. I do think money does not buy happiness. 
But if you actually look at the root of what money is, money is the ability to do the things that you need. And then the more of it that you have, then you can start to do the things that you want. So money offers that, that security. So there is some truth in money buying happiness, but it's not really money. It's just having the ability to get the things that you need and the things that you want. So I think mm -hmm. that there is a little bit of truth to the money buying happiness because anyone who's ever struggled with money, like, you know, that it's just really stressful when you look in your bank account and you just like see it going down and down and down. It's not a good feeling. Um, but if you don't have a lot of money, but you, you're passionate about what you're doing, like you could be fine too, because you're still doing the things that you, you want, which is you're waking up every day and doing something that makes you feel good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my, for, for this question specifically, you know, you were going to ask me what my thoughts were on it. Mm. I, I think it is possible. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it is possible. Um, even if you're not a millionaire, I think if, I don't think you need to make money off of your passion to still be able to do your passion. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, now I'm pursuing a career within psychology, which I would consider a passion of mine as well. But, uh, well, let's, let's even say that right now I work for an insurance company, you know, Cigna Behavioral Health Insurance. Um, if I did that for the rest of my life, you know, I, but I was able to, you know, on the weekends and, you know, when I got home, still focus on music and, you know, do things as my outlet, things that I was still passionate about. I think I could still be happy as long as I was participating in those other things. Where I think it gets hard is if your career is one of those careers where it takes up all your life, you know, because some jobs are super time consuming. And, you know, like if back when I was a general manager of a Jimmy John's, I don't think I would have been able to be happy being that because even when I left work, I was always on call. Like if something went bad with the shop or something, I'd have to sacrifice, you know, my own free time, which might have been used to, you know, focus on my passion or whatever to, to go be there for the shop. And uh, that was a super difficult thing to to do and why I wanted to get out of it so bad because the quality of life was tough. And, and the other thing, you know, I think about is I wonder how sustainable that happiness can be. Um if you're in a career that's not your passion, I, I I've talked in a previous episode about a friend of mine whose dad is, you know, in his fifties now. And he, you know, he's in a career that he wasn't passionate about, but because it paid the bills and, and did it all checked all those boxes that Steven was talking about, he thought it was the right thing. And now he's in his fifties and he's having a semi midlife crisis where he, He's too old to like feel like he can go back to school. He actually doesn't even really know what he likes anymore because he's spent so much time working. And uh, and so now he's like, shoot, I'm stuck. And uh, it's been pretty tough on him. Now, he's he's still got other things in his life that he loves. And like he's got a great family and, and, and is able to do some other stuff. But because his so much of his life is wrapped up in working it's really tough for him to feel sustainably happy and that's the, that's the thing that i would argue is if you're especially if you're in a career that 
takes up so much of your time, even if it gives you the opportunities. You know, if I make a million dollars, but I don't have time to use any of that million dollars, like, cool, I made money for the people after I die to use it, which, I mean, I guess is a nice thing for them, but, you know, <laughs> did I get to utilize it at all? I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough thing because... Uh, this is, I think this is a very prevalent thing within society is not everybody is able to pursue their passion as a career, nor do they think they need to. Um, and there are definitely people who argue that because it's a capitalist society, you shouldn't be pursuing your passion as a career. You should just be pursuing what gives you the best opportunity to make money. Um, yeah, but okay. So. And, and, and that's a, that's the thing that gets me kind of like frustrated with this idea is, okay, why do, why do jobs exist? Why do, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to get, trying to get back to where my thoughts were on this. Cause I, I had, I had like a really good thought on this. Um, or at least I thought it was a good thought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, with, yeah. Okay. So in, in our society, people are always saying, oh, you know, you gotta, you gotta get a job. You gotta make money. You gotta provide. But really what is the, what is the meaning of life? Right, something we all try to figure out what it is. But I'd say being happy is a pretty good feeling. It feels good to be happy, and if you're spending a lot of your time working on your passion and doing the things that you're you're passionate about, I think you're going to be pretty happy in general. And mm -hmm. like, you don't need as much money if you're just happy. When and like, one of the one of the things that we always talk about is the work-life balance well in that in that that scenario of work-life balance it's because work doesn't feel like life because it sucks usually <laughs> that's the reason right. why they say work-life balance but imagine if you actually like what you do and you're passionate then it's just what life-life balance yeah that would be pretty good <laughs> yeah well and that's to, to go back to our that's a really good point to go back to our first uh you know kind of subtopic within this should should your passion be the priority to pursue as a career? I would say if you have a passion that can make money or you can find a way to make it money, make money with it, 100% it should be your priority because like I think that's a really good illustration of uh, instead of it being a work-life balance, you know, as this kind of connotation that work is going to suck because you don't get to do what you want to do anyways, mm -hmm. you know, if you can do something that you want to do, um, then that's, you, you fix that problem, <laughs> you know? And well, it's, you didn't fix it a hundred percent. You're still going to have ups and downs. That's just part of life. But ultimately the idea is to set yourself up with a better chance of more ups than downs essentially. And pursuing your passion as a career, I think gives you the best opportunity to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in my opinion, I mean, there, there are probably other people that are like, no, I just, I'm able to separate mentally. This is work. So I don't really care about it being a passion or anything. I just care about, does it give me money or something? I don't know. But that's just not, that's not the mindset that I go into it with. Like I, I actually had a, a really hard time before I decided to go back to school. Um, not, not the first time, but go to grad school trying to figure out, okay, what do I actually want to do with my life? I need to figure this out because it was very important for me. I didn't want to work my way up the signal ladder because I wasn't passionate about health insurance. 
I, you know, I'm, what am I passionate about? I'm passionate about psychology. Should I be a therapist? Should I be a professor? I'm passionate about music. Should I go back to trying to pursue music? Well, no, I, there's good reasons why I stopped doing that. And so for me, I'm, I'm not a person who's able to separate the two, but I, maybe there are people, it's just, again, this could be a situation where just because for me, it doesn't work, doesn't mean it can't work for anybody else. You know, other people might be able to separate the two and be okay with that and be happy still. It's just, uh, I don't know, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, well, t- taking the the question of should we as a society try to encourage ways for people to pursue their passion as a career, I think that in a perfect world, like, yes, because if people, when they're passionate about something, they're more willing to work hard at it because it doesn't feel like work. And I know that that becomes the case for me. Whenever I'm doing something at work, the things that I work the hardest on, they tend to be the things that I actually find some value and some enjoyment out of. And I think no matter how much somebody wants to say like, oh, you know, work's just a job. Like we just have to, we just, this is always my like, generic voice for, I don't know, for like. This. <laughs> this is your, this is one of Steven's impressions of a guy that he made up himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always like, oh yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's it's sort of just I guess the average Joe voice. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna work a job, and then I, I you know, you just gotta work a job, and it's it's gonna suck, but then you get off work, and then, you know, it's it's fine. But in, in a perfect world, if if someone <laughs> really really was passionate about what they're doing, it's not gonna feel like work. So you're just gonna enjoy what you're doing, and you're gonna work really hard at it. Like this podcast, for example, I'll stay up late working on it. And not do work-related things from my actual job because I'm more passionate about this. But the things that I am really passionate about my job and are really important, I'll stay up really late and do those for work. But they just... it peop, They feel different, they, right? they definitely feel different. And no matter how hard of a worker you are, it's always easier to work hard when it doesn't feel like you're actually doing work. Then it's great. It's like, like, I like playing basketball, so I would just play a lot of basketball like there wasn't I was never going to be an NBA player but I just enjoyed to play basketball because I liked the workout and I liked the competition part of it yeah a, a big reason why I was why I think this this question about how society should uh, you know should society set you up to be able to do your passion as a career um, again you still have to like again underwater basket weaving might have a very limited love market <laughs> is this actually even a thing do people do this I, yeah there are classes for it that you can take it i think my high school had a class or something well, why don't you just like basket weave not in the water i feel like that's an inconvenient place to try to do basket weaving well how about you have a fight with the people <laughs> who like to do it underwater hey let's and, let's bring and it on you can have that community come at your ass no but let's, how about let's, that let's bring it on if you are an underwater basket weaver you are in the <laughs> chicago area please send us an email to emgpod at gmail.com i would love to have you on the show and uh really talk this through because i don't get it and i'm pretty open to things but in this one particular instance, I am very <laughs> close-minded. <laughs> um, my point with this was, like, education specifically. You know, we, education is supposed to, you know, set you up for where you're going to go as a functioning member of society as your, in your career. And so should our educational system be set around, you know, being more specialized for doing things that we want to do? Um, there's... 
you know, this big idea of, you know, in developmental psychology specifically, you know, children have this kind of innate desire to to learn because they want to make sense of the environment that they haven't explored yet. And so if our educational system was set up more in that manner, maybe we would start to to um, gravitate towards if we had opportunities to do like specialized things within something we're passionate about, maybe we'd, we would gravitate towards careers that actually, you know, made sense with, with our own skill set, with what we desired, what, what, like we just wanted to work because for the sake of working, not even necessarily to, to, you know, be rich. Cause you know, specifically we talk, uh, one of the stereotypical professions to go into, if you want to make good money is being a doctor, but I almost feel like that's a career you definitely shouldn't go into just for money. I agree. Because <laughs> I've thought about that before. You're like, you're in there to save people's lives. Like it's a very important job. And um, if you're just doing it for the uh, monetary value of it, it I wonder if you're going to be putting in the, the same effort and, you know, have the same ability as someone who's in there doing it because this is what they genuinely love to do. And I wonder if that's comparable in parallel to other career career paths. You know, if we had everybody um, more encouraged to do the things that they really cared about that actually had a... Um, and I think an argument that people could come back with is that, you well, then everyone would just play video games and do... And I'm like, I don't think so. I... Like I have a genuine desire to be a therapist. Like I have passions that are, I have a passion that's practical, like has, has a market out there for, you know, mental health, you know, people have mental health issues or just want help with their life in general. And so there's a market for that. And I think there are other careers that people will be passionate about that they'll still pursue. It's not just all like video games and just music and just a bunch of actors. I mean, you might get some of that obviously, but you get that right now even. So it, I don't know. I, I feel like society should encourage it just because not only I think would our quality of life be better, but I think ultimately you'd get industries that are putting out more quality products or are just represented with more quality because you'd have people in those careers that are doing it for the sake of doing it because they love it, not just well, this is a job. I guess I just, I just gotta go here and save this guy's life. There's your generic, <laughs> average Joe voice. Yeah, that's my, that's my impression of uh, everyday Joe. Well, I guess you gotta do it. That's what I, well, it's just if you gotta work a job, then you gotta work a job. You know, that's just what you gotta do. That's what you do in this country. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We do really good voices. If anyone wants to uh, get us for some voice acting, um, just email us at emgpod at gmail.com. We can do really good uh, generic people voices. Um, Incredible. Steven does a guy that he meets at a bar and wants to fight him. (laughs) He's got a really good voice for that, too. Hey, you want to (laughs) go? Jesus. I feel like that was different than the last time you did that voice. Oh, it definitely is. is. This is his friend. (laughs) see here's the thing steven is so versatile get get this guy in a booth 
Put some put some cartoon animation on the board. We'll get the guy that did my Liberator music video to do the animation, <laughs> do the voices. <laughs> It'll be a hit. I honestly love this idea. I would 100% do this. As long as I get to like contribute to the writing of what the cartoon characters are. I Maybe we just found a new a new passion for you. This is your new path, your your new career path. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you can just become the Everything Must Go cartoon show. Could be kind of there. Cool. We go. Yeah, just like be, I think Ricky Gervais's podcast. They actually have videos where they they're shown as cartoon characters. It's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. So if anyone wants to animate us for free, <laughs> yeah, we'll give you nothing. We'll give you. We'll give you a koozie. We'll Oh, oh man, we are the same wavelength here. Nice, good work. That's pretty great. Um, anything else in this topic? No, I think. I mean, unless there's anything that's coming to your mind. No. Uh, what about final thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's the same question. <laughs> See, to my head, it was like maybe the last point versus oh, the yeah, overall okay. encompassing final I got thoughts. So much for being on the same wavelength. We were. We were <laughs> yeah, we, that's all good. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't have any final thoughts. I, I think, uh, I said everything I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So we wanted to say a, a couple of things. If you do enjoy listening to these podcasts, you can find us on basically all your podcast apps. We've also got a website, the everything must go podcast.com or everything must go. Don't put the the in front of it. Everything must go podcast.com. Um, <laughs> I, I could realize that could be confusing, so don't don't do that. Um, we also have an Instagram, which is emgpod. Uh, our email, as I said earlier, is emgpod at gmail dot com. Uh, if you want to watch the video episodes of this podcast, you can find them on my YouTube channel, Butch Boss. You can also leave us a voicemail at five one three four two seven emg five. The next episode will be my interview with Matt from the Friends with Music podcast. Thank you for listening, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Take it easy.